welcome to this week's edition of All Things Evangelism. I'm your host, Sharice Para, and um, we're going to be talking about the mission of a mom, which I have a little bit more experience at than our other host, Matthew Para. So um, I'm stepping in for him today. And I'm stepping in with two of my very good friends, Marlena and Anna. Yeah, let's just get started. The first thing that came to my mind was when I was two years old, I started breastfeeding my monkey. And I was just curious if you ladies did anything similar to that. <laughs> I, I actually don't remember doing that, but my three-year-old daughter, she, she does that with her babies. It's quite fascinating. Yeah, unfortunately I didn't have a pet monkey, but my daughter, she will take her babies and even sometimes help, get my help to position her baby so that the baby can have a feeding and I am already starting to nurture motherhood in her and I love that because it's different to my son I can see that women God has given this special gift to women to nurture and that's right when you have a boy and a girl like you can just see it's innate it's in them to nurture that's right and our mission as a mom goes beyond feeding them but that's where it starts so how do we actually fulfill our calling of sharing Jesus with our children and getting them to the kingdom of heaven. How do we actually achieve our mission as moms, bringing them to the kingdom of heaven, making Jesus their best friend, helping them fall in love with him when we have so many things like feeding them, clothing them, putting them to sleep, transporting them. How do we keep this in the forefront of our minds? How do we do it? How do we achieve it? Lots of prayer yeah. <laughs> and yeah, staying in the word. I find that I, when I'm not connected to God, to Jesus, I start to, my humanist, my human side comes out and impatient or say a harsh word or just, yeah, not acting the way that I should, not modeling that love that God has for us. And I think, yeah, for me, it's definitely staying in the word because then. And how do you just, find the time to do that? It's very hard. It's very hard. My my devotional life, the journey that I've had has been up and down. Sometimes I don't have time in the morning because when I say, okay, Lord, I'm committing myself. I'll set my alarm half an hour earlier than normal. That's when the kids wake up and they do that consistently. And I'm just like, how is this? Lord, can you please just let them sleep a little bit longer? I don't know how it works. I don't know. That's how. That's what I find. And then when I determine... Okay, I'm going to commit whatever and do this so that I can get it. Something always comes up. So it's hard. It is hard. And I do want to just say two things that come to mind hearing Marlena. And Marlena is my sister-in-law. And so Marlena has four children and I have two children. And we're visiting actually from the United States. So we're together for three months. So we're staying over their place for a little bit. And I always am, my husband is good with staying up to date with technology. And he's got the wireless earphone buds so he can listen to things. And I'm always like messing with my little yeah I've got the old school where they all tangle up and you have to get your earphones nice and straightened out and it's complicated and um, you can't move around with it a lot but then I noticed Marlena in her kitchen cooking and she's got her wireless piece in <laughs> and she's listening to a sermon and mm. I think that's also a lot like we have this ideal and I think it's uh, ideal still to be alone and peace and in nature and and the reality of motherhood is that you have to make the most of the situation in those moments where you're folding laundry 
can you so when I was doing my Sabbath preparation as well I just listened to a 10 minute I found a little 10 minute thing about the Sabbath that I listened to while I was mm-hmm. ironing the clothes and so when I saw Mylena she had the wireless earphones listening to a sermon while she's you know cooking for four children and getting the household but she's still fitting it into her schedule mm-hmm. the other second thing that I have tried to make more of a point routine is really important because if you can make it a routine for your children, so we have morning family worship, evening family worship, and it's the same with our two families. And so even when we're together, that's just a given. And what I've tried to do with my mindset, and I will often, and particularly when we've been together, because the dads might be doing worship, and I'll be like, oh, this is a good chance because everyone's worshiping. I'm going to quickly get this and this mm. done. This is a time for you to worship as a mom. And so when I'm with my kids, this is not just for the kids. This is my time mm-hmm. as well. So I think if we can find times to connect with God that are already inbuilt in our day and even with our children, but it's not just about them. This is a time for us to start off our day and a moment to connect with God. That gives you at least a 15 minute window there where you can connect with God in the morning. Yes, we, my husband and I have found like the Jesus Storybook Bible. We'll read it with the kids and we get these amazing insights if we're open. Yes. And yeah, I feel like if we don't take those opportunities to do it with the kids, then we won't get those insights that God wants to bless us with because we're doing the right thing for our children. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has an added blessing for us, even though it's a corporate worship, he still does speak to us personally. Mm-hmm. And something else I did learn as well is that came to my mind when you were talking, Marlena, is we can't do it all perfectly. And we can't necessarily hit that routine that we want to and that we need to eventually Mm -hmm. so that they can learn from our example. But we need to give ourselves grace. And that's always such a scary thing because it's like, how much grace do I give myself before I'm not doing devotions for two years, three years? Like it, it just happens. But I think we learn a lot about God and his patience with us through the patience that we actually have to have not only with our children, but with ourselves learning the new job of motherhood and well, speaking the mission. Back to the breastfeeding mother and, and I think early motherhood is very challenging because you have two hours in the night where it's just you and the baby and you're really trying to stay patient and calm and awake and and again a lot of guilt can be laid down like I haven't been doing my devotion but that's your time too and that's when I found like Jesus is with me and I would pray about whatever the stress of a motherhood if I was having trouble feeding or if I was concerned about my baby and God would just come for me be in that moment when I couldn't actually reach out to anybody else I'm like Jesus you're with Mm -hmm. me and I would take that time just to pray in the darkness and so to that mother who is breastfeeding and is going to be up tonight you're not alone Jesus is with you and you don't have to distance yourself because you're not meeting some kind of standard that Mm -hmm. he has for you like he's with you in this role And Mm -hmm. in those moments, in the middle of the night, it's an opportunity again to connect. Listen for him in the silence. When did you guys first realize the magnitude of your calling as a mother? Probably when I read Adventist Home and Child Guidance. Although I did start reading Adventist Home before I got married, but just bits and pieces relevant to like marriage and finding a partner. And then after I had children, I think I realized the, the huge responsibility, but not only that, the huge opportunity and blessing that could come from that and yeah yeah and i think for me even early on i always had this ideal by 30 i wanted to have it all figured out like i wanted to have all my questions and like i didn't want to be especially like in my teenage years when you're trying to stand on your own two feet and trying to grapple with the bigger questions in life because i think for a lot of people they'll just block that side out it's too hard to deal with there's a god and he's involved with us and 
when we talk about all the different things that we can get in deep into theology and I couldn't answer everything and I'm like but by 30 I want to have it all figured out yeah. and especially when I have children I want to have it all figured out so that I can be really prepared for them and then you enter parenthood it comes fast and you're like oh I don't I still have questions yes and so for me more um, questions maybe even <laughs> yeah and then role modeling just being able to have questions and have faith at the same time and being strong and and committed and yet it's okay to have questions and to work through those questions together and to keep growing that way but my role modeling that I I realize my spirituality really impacts my children I think I've been very aware of my decisions and my walk with God is going to strongly impact my children I had awareness of that even before I had children Mm -hmm. the other thing is I've in my more of my professional life I studied about attachment theory we talked a bit about it earlier today Mm -hmm, and that's how the early even just before your children can speak they have actually by age two pretty much established a view of the world of their relationship with others of themselves and that will obviously project to their vision of you or God so those early years are very formative and I knew that even before your child can yeah say a full sentence they already have an idea of God based on how they've been treated within the home. And it mattered. It mattered that I was patient even when I was in the middle of a stressful situation where I'm so sleep deprived and you you just got your second one almost for a nap and then your toddler comes in and you're like, no. And you were saying with that attachment theory how important it is to be near mom. Yes. So even though we feel like, oh, I am the worst person at this. I can't, like, I thought I was going to be a great mom because I was really good at breastfeeding my monkey. Like I'd been practicing (laughs) since I was two. And then you take this baby home and it like, it's so like hard to dress really, like just in the (laughs) newborn stage and doesn't quite cooperate with everything that you thought was just going to be so beautiful. And it pees on you. I didn't anticipate that (laughs) because I had boys. And Yeah, I just thought, man, I'm like a fish out of water here. And I thought I was going to be great at this because I got my babysitting license when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And I babysat a family with four kids and I had the kitchen clean and everything. But like (laughs) day in, day out, those night feeds, everything, it's just a whole new thing. But the attachment theory, which is actually evolutionist, but it's also creationist because it's our design, which is what the evolutionists read. Our children are supposed to be attached to us. And if you're a mom who hasn't been able to be near your children as much as you would like, God can change that. God can answer your prayers and attach you to your child in a way that you could never have done it anyways. So you you can't regret the past, but moving forward, let's be there for our children. Let's attach ourselves to them, even if we are feeling very imperfect ourselves. Another question I had for you ladies is, as we're Bible-believing Christians and we wanna share God's message with the world and bring the second coming of Jesus as fast as we can, and we want our kids to know the truth, and we want them to have a relationship with Jesus so that they can get through this crazy world that we're living in, how do we not, I sometimes feel how, I don't want to be legalistic. I don't want to just be like bringing to their mind all the time a Bible verse that's showing them their wrong behavior because that's not the way I want to be treated. But at the same time, I want them to know the truth. How do you balance that? That's where Boris, my husband's wisdom, always comes in because I think a little differently than him. So what we've talked about, what we've 
decided or what we how we approach something like that is in the heat of the moment when our child is acting a certain way or we're addressing a certain issue behavioral issue or discipline whatever rather than share from the bible why they're wrong or why they shouldn't do that i what i have found works to teach them is teach them in, in not in that context so when we have our morning worship time that's when i usually do the bible lesson with them so we don't just read something like we read from the bible we talk about it we ask i ask questions and during that time lots of scenarios come up of school or with friends or something like that and that's where we address lots of things so then when something in that situation happens or something similar to that happens then I'll be like, oh, remember we talked about it this morning or Mm -hmm. during our Bible study time. And remember, who's how are we acting when we do that? Or how are we acting if we think like that? And so it gets them thinking. I find that because um, one time with Noah, I remember my eldest, I remember bringing up the Bible in a verse and sticking it to him. And (laughs) I could see his face change. He wasn't open. He was got angry. And Mm. I was like, okay, in my mind thinking, yeah, this this is definitely not the way to approach it. And after I talked to Boris about it, he's like, yeah, no, let's not do that next time. Let's try this. And so that's how I was wondering, do you when a certain thing happens, if Noah does something, do you plan the worship the next morning to do with that? Or do you just try to bring out from whatever worship you were going to do that point? Because we go through these Bible lessons, they're pre-arranged. I, it's easier for me to be more structured in a sense of we go in order of these particular Bible So you Bible just continue lessons. on what you're We just continue at. on where we're at. If it comes up in the topic or late, whether it's morning worship or evening worship or even when on a drive home, that's why I love driving my kids to school yeah. and picking them up because that's our time when we get to talk and even at night as well. Sometimes things come up at night when I'm laying down next to them. They'll open up to me and they'll tell me and then I'll remember maybe a, a Bible lesson we did before or a worship we've had and then try to talk about it that way. Mm-hmm. So I... Yeah, if it comes up, then yes, it does, and it does. God it, seems to orchestrate that, I find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And an incident might have happened earlier in the week, but then God in his amazingness will bring yeah. that same topic in a Bible lesson or Once in a worship. Once they've cooled off exactly. and they've gone through that guilty feeling and they want to address <clears throat> it in their heart, and then God brings it up at the right time. So I guess we have to trust that too. go with the plan. So I guess... Yeah, so should we have a plan that, we, that we're going through? The Blue Bible Story books or the My Bible First things or the Sabbath School lesson from church? What's your worship structure? Because I know lots of moms have talked to me about that and I've talked to lots of other moms about like, how do you do worship, family worship with your family? How do you get the kids to study on their own and want to study on their own? own and at what age we go through the my bible first bible lessons in my home they've been absolutely a godsend they've been amazing to me they've helped me they just we go through a lesson every day it's the same lesson for the week but every day it's you just going through the bible passages from the bible and talking about it and then asking questions at the end and they really opened up lots of good conversations so for me they've been very helpful i I, wouldn't be able to just pick a verse and read and then draw out of it because that's not how I think. I, I'm just mm-hmm. very, oh, give it to me and simplistic. So those have really helped and just guide what we talk about and what we pray about. And, and that's how I like to do the morning worship. But my husband, when he's doing it, he does it different. He'll, so it just... Yeah, and it's good. Both are needed. Exactly. And it's however 
I found that's worked for me and my children and being able to teach them. That's provided an opportunity and in a way for me to teach them all these important truths that that mm -hmm. I value. But everybody does it different and you just got to find what works. Yeah, for me and uh, my kids and our family, we have a morning routine and an evening routine. And so for the morning one is where we'll do the whatever we're doing with the um, Sabbath school group. And for the evening one is where we have our own family. So either we'll go through and it, you basically go age appropriate. So you can buy the different um, levels of Bible stories, the really simple ones from when they're very young. So we started family worship from when they were just a few months old. Get them into the routine of it and you tailor it up. And so I remember we had this first Bible, um, God Loves Me, and literally it's like four lines. And I remember like my toddler trying to like turn the page the whole time, like quickly read the four lines and then God Loves Me and we would sing. And who else God loves? God loves you, Levi. And we would sing with Levi and the family, happy home and, and um, close it out with the. So that was more of the devotion. So then we upgraded to like another Bible. And then right now we're doing a really wonderful devotion that incorporates some science and then how that tells us about God's character through it. So they're older now. You have a more in-depth devotional at the end of the day. So we'll do always the Sabbath school and um, always the memory verses. So mm -hmm. kids and their memories are amazing. And all you mm -hmm. need to do is just be consistent. And the week that they'll remember it versus the week that they won't remember it, it's at the start of the week. So on a Sunday, I'll write out the memory verse and I'll stick it on in our family worship area, wherever it might be in the living room or on the door. And then it's there. Or if you have the book, just have it there, like have it physically there, get, you know, say it. And by the third day, they're already reciting it. And then it's just a matter of repeating it. And I love hearing them just recite Bible verses so easy. And all you need to do is just be consistent. Mm -hmm. So that morning routine and then the evening, yeah, we'll do the devotion. And just another thing on this point, I really believe in role modeling versus putting pressure on the children to develop their own relationship with God. Because we want them to have that, but we want it to be earnest. And okay. everybody has their own personal relationship. And so even things like I remember teaching them to pray and then once wiggling. And then I remember like holding his hands, pushing his knees down, getting him into the prayer position. You learn mm -hmm. as you're parenting mm -hmm. and they'll develop that in time. And I'm like, this feels, and he's like trying to squirm out. And I'm like, I'm forcing this kid into a prayer position. And so just relaxed about that a little bit more maybe with the second child there's just certain things or when their body is going to more naturally be able to hold a certain position or, or attention to be actually then able to start so when they start reading on their own but i think having really great materials that are interesting yes. interesting by like all and the there's resources so many good you resources yeah. out there if there's so, any moms out there that want to talk resources let me know that's another <laughs> podcast because it. that yeah i'm not a very good true. resource finder so if you're someone like me have friends who are good resource finders because mm -hmm. I have two people, my sister and my my friend Kim, shout out to Kim, but she was like, if I ever need anything, whether it be anything to do, like they've researched it, they've mm -hmm. found out the best podcasts, the best kids stories, whatever. So have those people in your life if you're not a resource finder yourself. And so that's why I say a podcast like that would be helpful for me just an yeah. episode like that. Yeah. yeah. So resources are awesome and I love resources, but the most important thing about resources is that they're not on the shelf, that they're in the bed yeah. with you beside your child, that they're on the couch, that they're on the coffee table, that they're on the kitchen table, that, that they're around. So in that, the car. In the car, mm -hmm. that's right. And there are so many good ones. So yeah, if you're at a lack, let's talk about that. Something else that quickly, a friend told me that I have taken to heart. I didn't grow up loving to read and we were English um, language was our second language. And she told me when she started to read the books, 
she just went through them fast and she's already prepared. Her kids are all under four years of age and someone donated books to her and she was so excited. So they've got this wonderful bookshelf of all these stories because she knows when her children start reading, they're going to go through the books fast. And now my yeah. oldest nephew, Noah, Milena's oldest boy, he's with his flashlight at nighttime reading. And that's what I desire for my yeah. children. I want them to read and to be curious and be prepared for that as a mum. Give them good things to read, to think, to put into their minds. Because if you just keep saying, no, you can't read that. No, you can't watch that. No, but you don't have anything to fill it with. You're leaving a space there yeah. or, or an opportunity there for things that you don't want coming in. So having yeah. the resources and being prepared for that even if your kids are little start collecting them if you see it at a thrift store collect it yeah that's right especially at a thrift store i find a lot of the older ones are really good ones and those mission stories and they're sometimes hard to come by but yeah they're awesome another question i had was how do you prioritize you marlene you were saying you read adventist home adventist home has a lot of ideals and it is yes. awesome and we all want that home don't yeah. we but it's hard to achieve it's hard to get there and how do you prioritize in the day because we're supposed to look nice when our husbands come home mm. and um, have a meal on the table and give our kids healthy food and yeah. the food is like super important but the food takes a long time <laughs> and then we're supposed to you know, have worship and have our own personal devotions like how do we get this all how do we do it all and not feel guilty for the things that we lack yeah if you find the answer to that let me know <laughs> no that's <laughs> that's really something that i'm trying to figure out as well i have these all these ideals of what i want for my children all these like ways i want to be organized all having to do with spirit spirituality memory versus practicing your memory verses and things like that but yeah it's hard it's hard because you re you read something like adventist home or child guidance and, and sometimes you're like oh man i'm such a failure and then you cry and then you pray and then you feel better and then you read the encouraging things that she writes in there too like mm -hmm. that god will sustain you and he's got a special place in his heart for mothers and you're like oh okay you're trying to do it on your own and you you, mm -hmm. you can't do it on your own and really god is the only one that can sustain you and well when you read it it's actually impossible if you were to calculate the time in the day and how fast mm -hmm. you currently are at certain tasks it's actually impossible so i think that it does really create a dependence for us on god and he gives us the promise in the bible train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it so if we're doing our best yes. training up our children mm -hmm. in the way that they should go then when they're old, they will not depart from it. And the only way that we're not going to get that promise is if we're misleading them, if we're not training yes. them the right way. And the only way we can know if we are is if we're sincerely praying. And that is yes. a huge struggle of mine because yes. when I'm praying, when I'm just sincerely pouring out my heart to God, I'm not getting done the 24 other things that I'm supposed to be multitasking on. So I think we just have yeah. to really depend on God more as moms. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? I think you, you said it really well. I have learned a, a practical application that my day starts in my evening. And mm. so the evening time and just preparing, if you can spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the evening, it equals about two, three hours the next that day. That is so true. And the Sabbath starts in the evening. It probably, God not only started that, he probably, that's probably a little like, 
hint to us as moms like your day will be better when (laughs) it's begun in the evening you can plan it out so so that is really key for me and something that I'm learning because my in-laws are much more organized my husband and I see him like preparing everything like getting his clothes prepared his lunch prepared Mm. and it just once I've gotten all the kids to I'm like no, <laughs> I don't have that. But if I do, if I just get that 20 minutes, I tell you what, you wake up and you feel like I've Energized. got some things already lined up. You can eat well and you can, yeah. Know um, what's happening. And then those days that is just chaotic. It's because, again, yeah, I just. That's <laughs> how do you get the prep work in 20 minutes? Because then it's two, three hours into the night and I'm going to bed at 12 a.m. Yeah. Explain that. Tune in next week. Back to the next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to All Things Evangelism. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now.